Hello and a very warm welcome to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching programme. Today Brian brings us the third talk on the subject of Christian faithfulness. The series is called Would You Also Go Away? In this series, Brian is taking a more profound look into the issues surrounding our allegiance to the Christian faith and the Lord's teaching as well uh, for his disciples. So hopefully we can all learn to become more effective as Christian disciples. So now let's go to Brian for more. Thanks, John. The young man came rushing through the door of the family home, his heart pounding with the news that he had to tell. He'd seen some pretty amazing things that day. This young man was the son of a prophet, but his father was an old man now. I wonder, however, if in his father's ministry there'd ever been a day to compare with this one, a day in which he'd seen God's message spoken in power and supported by impressive evidences. Let me tell you what the young man had seen that day. He's witnessed at first hand a confrontation between the rebel northern king, who was now at the head of the ten breakaway tribes of Israel, and confronting him, a solitary southern prophet. I said this king was a rebel, and Jeroboam, king of Israel, was certainly that. He'd rewritten Israel's God-given religious calendar and replaced it with one that he'd made up all by himself. His agenda was political, and he wouldn't be the last powerful figure to abuse religious ideas for his own political ends. On the day in question, it seems, the king, contrary to the instructions of God's law, was personally engaged in offering sacrifice and incense upon the altar he'd made, when all of a sudden he was interrupted by the arrival of the man of God, the prophet from the south, who cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. Then he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes which are on it shall be poured out. Of course, the king reacted furiously against what he saw as unwelcome interference. He stretched out his hand, pointed at the prophet, and yelled, Seize him! At once, two things happened. The most immediately obvious was that As predicted, the altar split apart, pouring out its ashes. Perhaps it was a few seconds before it became clear that something else had happened. The king was still pointing at the prophet who had angered him, but his anger had turned to panic, because it was as if his whole arm had frozen at full stretch and he couldn't regain control over it. Now the king was begging the man of God to pray to God that he might regain the normal use of his hand and arm again. The prophet, the man of God, agreed to do so, and just as remarkably, normal function was restored to the king. Of course, the king's attitude changed once again, and he invited the man of God to return home with him to be refreshed and rewarded. Many a lesser man would have seized the opportunity with both hands, but our young friend who had been witnessing all this was surely impressed when he heard the man of God decline the royal invitation saying, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall eat no bread, nor drink water, nor return by the way which you came. And having said that, he set out to return home by another route, 
rather than simply retracing his steps. It was at about this point in the story, as the young son of the prophet was retelling it back at home, that his father seemed to get excited and ask which way he'd seen the man of God go home. Then he asked for his donkey to be saddled, and off he rode in hot pursuit. It wasn't long before, as he travelled, he came across a man sitting under an oak tree, enjoying its shade. He wondered if this could be the man of God, the one who'd refused the king's hospitality, in obediently doing what God had asked him to do by returning home by a different route without supper. Sure enough, the chap confirmed he was the prophet who'd come from Judah in the south and spoken against the wrong religious practices of the rebel northern king. What happened next is of real interest. Listen to these further words from 1 Kings chapter 13. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. He said, I cannot return with you, nor go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For a command came to me by the word of the Lord, You shall eat no bread, nor drink water there. Do not return by going the way which you came. He said to him, I also am a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him, and ate bread in his house, and drank water. All very reasonable, you might think. How was the man of God to know that the old prophet was making it up to serve his own selfish purpose? It had been the man of God's intention to be obedient to God at the first, but now he'd been deceived. No big deal in any case, surely? Well, we might think not, but here's a sequel, again as recorded in 1 Kings chapter 13. Now it came about, as they were sitting down at the table, that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the command of the Lord, and have not observed the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but have returned and eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not come to the grave of your fathers. It came about, after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk, that he saddled the donkey for him, for the prophet whom he had brought back. Now when he had gone, a lion met him on the way and killed him, and his body was thrown on the road, with the donkey standing beside it. The lion also was standing beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown on the ground, and the lion standing beside the body. So they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. Now when the prophet who brought him back from the way heard it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the command of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to him. Then he spoke to his son, saying, Saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. He went and found his body thrown on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body, nor torn the donkey. So the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back, and came to the city of the old prophet to mourn and to bury him. He laid his body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother! After he had buried him, he spoke to his son, saying, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the thing shall surely come to pass, which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria. 
and it did come to pass, in the time of reforming King Josiah, as you can check for yourself by reading about it in Second Kings chapter 23. But the old prophet's bones weren't disturbed, simply because he'd made sure they were laid beside those of the man of God. But what are we meant to learn from this? I think the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians spells it out. Paul says there, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember how the man of God had received a direct communication from God, which was to eat no supper. Then someone came to him who claimed to have a new additional revelation from God. His mistake was to treat that as having the same authority as the direct earlier message, even when it flatly contradicted what God had expressly said. Many others have made the same mistake over the 2,000 years of Christianity. World religions and pseudo-Christian cults have claimed to have a more recent revelation than what's found written in the Bible. We would do well to follow Paul's advice. Even if an angel from heaven should give us a later revelation, we should reject it. In the Bible, God has spoken to us in his Son. The New Testament writings give us the teaching of Christ's apostles, which they had directly from him. This is God's final word to us. Anything different, which claims to override it, must be rejected outright. We must take great care to obey as carefully as we can the written biblical commands of our Lord. No change or update of God's New Testament pattern for our service carries any divine endorsement. The good example of the earliest Christians is one of continuing steadfastly.
Thank you, Brian. Now, if you'd like to make any comment or ask a question, please write in. And there's a transcript booklet of all the talks. If you'd like to receive one or more for group Bible study or to pass on to friends, make sure to let us have your postal address and ask with the title, Would You Also Go Away? You can download our booklets via the internet or you can order by email or you can order by post. So, first of all, I'll give you the postal address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You can also download MP3 versions of past programmes, or you might like to use the podcast player on the website. Go to www.searchfortruth.org.uk. Some titles of Search for Truth booklets are also available at Amazon.co.uk Kindle eBooks. Just type in Search for Truth series and then uh, you should find us. Uh, more back copies are constantly being made available, so it's worth um, uh, several visits. So that's all we have for today. Many thanks for the pleasure of your company. And uh, please join us next week if you can. But for now, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you. Oh.